Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I.co. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about setting in for the long haul and dealing with anger at the injustice of the world. Well, this sounds very dramatic, this episode. I know. And and I have to say, I was in kind of a dark, snarky mood as mm. I was um, preparing for our time together. But the good news is that by the time I was done and by the time you and I are done, we're going to be in a great space because there's yeah. so much good to look forward to. I agree. I agree. Uh, you have your, what's your beverage of choice this morning? Is it coffee or, or, or something else? I am drinking a hibiscus LaCroix. Oh, nice. Okay. I I'm got fancy. Coffee. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're, we're taking this on because we really want to validate everybody's reality right now that yeah. we're going through an unprecedented time and we are all settling into a brand new reality for the coming days and weeks. So, John, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, um, I think the most powerful thing you could give yourself is structure or uh, slash routine. And uh, if I didn't create some kind of routine or structure and I was just kind of went by how I felt, I think I would just kind of collapse on myself by the end of the day, you know, slash my thoughts. So um, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay because I, I'm implementing a structure in my life. That's awesome. And that's really yeah. good advice. And it, it's something that um, I'm going to follow you with. I was sick the last two weeks. And so yeah. I didn't really have a chance to fully contend with this reality because I was so sick. It was, it was almost a blessing where all I could do was lay in bed and be like, oh my God, I can't do anything. And then right. I started to feel better. And then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's a double-edged sword because if you feel better, uh, which is great, you want that obviously, but then there's probably going to be a side of you that wants to be productive and wants to do all these things, but you then you feel kind of like you can't. If you're sick, you almost just accept that you're going to be in bed and you surrender um, to being productive or getting things done. Yes. So I got a jump start on the concept of surrender. And I think that that word is really poignant right now. Yeah. Yeah. And let, let's let's remind people surrender doesn't mean waving that white flag, right? Surrender doesn't no. mean that you have lost. Yeah. No, that's surrender. Not, that's not what we're talking about. Surrender is in so many ways courageous. You know, surrender yeah, is, is, is the long, steady look of understanding, okay. I'm a human. I'm living on a planet that's suspended in a universe and there are things I can control and things that I can. And, you know, I think part of surrender is the responsibility to take action in the ways that you can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the, uh, the letting go, you know, the letting go of the rock and letting the, uh, the river or the, your story unfold, um, is it's extremely hard to do, but it's it's going to lower your anxiety, you know, or else you're going to be swimming up river. Yeah, and one of the the topics I wanted to bring to the fore today is this concept of grit, and so grit and surrender 
in very many ways go hand in hand. And it seems like an unlikely duo because when we think of grit, we think of, you know, forcing, of pushing. But when we're talking about grit, what we're really talking about is getting uncomfortable with discomfort. Yeah, leaning into the the resistance, right? It's not about um, calluses on your hand. No, it's 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 experiencing discomfort and getting used to that feeling. And we're all experiencing right now. And we're coming kind of face to face with this huge reckoning. And I think one of the reasons why it is so jarring for so many people, obviously, um, this virus is very scary and there are going to be very real consequences like death for many people. Right. And this is, and we're asked to stay at home. We don't know what's going to happen. There's job insecurity, there's food insecurity. And this has completely upended this idea of comfort, that we're all entitled to comfort. Yeah. And we're starting to see um, cracks in the veneer of the hedonic commercials that plaster across our TV screens telling us what life is supposed to look like. Yeah, absolutely. This has become a global trigger blanket. So when you say discomfort, um, it, it's, you know, whenever you're forced to, to sit still, whether it's this or, or it could be a divorce or it could be anything you're going through in life, um, stuff's going to come up, you know, and that's when it gets really uncomfortable. It gets super uncomfortable. And this is when our underbelly is exposed. Right. And <clears throat> so this is a time where we can really hone our skills and hone our muscles and saying, you know what, I can not only survive a period of discomfort, but I can bend it to my will. I can make something of this time and I can overcome it. Mm -hmm. So let's, uh, are we talking about some ways to work through this uh, said discomfort slash grit? We are. And I want to give credit to Caroline Miller. She is at carolinemiller.com and she is an expert on grit. Mm. And I had the privilege of training under her. And that was one of the main lessons that I took away was that if I want to do hard things in life, I'm going to have to get used to feeling pretty shitty <laughs> as I go yeah. through them. Absolutely. And can I just insert real quick, because uh, I've never heard a uh, the term grit expert. That would be a great um, angle for a coach, a grit coach. I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and you know, it, that is the work of coaching is championing people and um, holding up that mirror and reminding them of their future state, because yeah. that's what people flag out at the 99 yard line. Yeah. So does Carol Miller, um, her, one of her things is, uh, to change it up, correct? Mm -hmm. It's Caroline. Caroline, um, sorry. Caroline. Yeah. And it's, it's changing it up. So our brains and bodies follow natural patterns. And if we're really looking for evidence of this, think about your wake up routine. Most of us reach for our phone mm -hmm. and we scroll through our usual sites. And before we know it, we're in the bathroom, we're brushing our teeth. And then before we know it, we're in front of the coffee maker. And we've done that pretty much unconsciously. Yeah. And if you're following this logic, you're going to repeat the same day mm -hmm. over and over again, you're going to drive to work the same way. You're going to listen to the same radio stations and you're not going to 
give your brain an opportunity to develop all of that new landscape, the uncharted mm. wilderness of your brain where right. new experiences, new ways of being live when you lean into these patterns. So we're all being forced right now to do things differently because we're in this weird place, right? Yeah. So just thinking about your wake-up routine, what is one way that you could do things differently right now? Uh, not go to your phone, practice uh, breathing, uh, maybe do a meditation if that's not what you're used to. Uh, maybe get on the floor and start doing some push-ups. Anything that is uh, new and different that uh, is not part of your daily routine. Yes. And, and as we're talking, I'm realizing you've been forced into this with your snuggly little baby. Yeah. All, yeah. Everything in my, my day-to-day is, is, is quote unquote, uh, changed up. So um, I've never had a, a six pound human attached to my stomach at 4.30 AM. So that is brand new for me. Um, but it's interesting because it, it, you know, my, uh, like what's happening in my brain is new circuits, new uh, tracks being laid, I'm rewiring myself. I'm learning to adjust and adapt and, and all of that's happening. What are the outcomes you're seeing from this? Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's either like super nectar and moments of bliss, uh, mixed with, panic and how the hell does everyone do this and you know so it's 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 a lot of uh it's a lot of kind of uh two extremes hitting notes on two extremes you know yeah guys and so john is so beautifully and vulnerably illustrating this is what our brains do they go mm -hmm. to the highs and the lows of oh this is the sublime of oh my god this is totally out of my norm i feel uncomfortable so when you hit those moments of panic. That's your brain bucking. That's your brain looking for those old patterns that it doesn't have an answer for because this is all totally new. But, you know, I got to say it, it's been one month and, uh, you know, these days it's less bucking and I'm getting into the groove a lot more than say, you know, the first week. Oh, sure. Sure. So you, you get used to new patterns and new right. ways of being very much. And then you are transformed. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that, that's it's technically growth, right? Yeah, it is. It's literally growth, 100%, 100%. So if you guys don't have a brand new snuggly baby at home, some other things that you can do is to move um, the furniture around in your house, move the pictures on the walls, um, sit in chairs and rooms that you typically don't sit in and make a really conscious effort to change those daily routines. And I started doing it going for an afternoon walk. I noticed that I always walk in the same direction. And uh, my husband pointed it out to me. He said, hey, why don't we take this street one day? And so every time I go for a walk now, I force myself to take a different street, to take a different route. And the outcome for me was that I started to tap into my surroundings more. And I started because I was seeing something new for the first time to notice detail on houses and flowers and gardens. And it really made the whole experience a lot more 3D for me. And I was able to unlatch from my brain and from my worry as I was walking because it was different. Yeah. So I actually have a, a story myself um, just real quickly. My, at my other place, we lived there for a year and we, have, we had a balcony, uh, but I never used it. Not one time did I step out on the balcony. I just thought it was kind of gross. There's a lot of traffic, all of that. Uh, we have a balcony in this new place. And yesterday I stepped out 
and I decided to do it for my my daughter to give her an experience of of you know air and, and a view. But then I sat down in the balcony and I was like, oh, this is an it's a new surrounding. And I heard wind chimes and I felt a breeze and I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. So so speaking of new spaces that, you know, it's always been there um, since we've been here. But uh, I actually stepped out for the first time and now I'm going to insert it into my routine. Oh, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. I I would love um to invite you to keep reporting back and tell us what the different hues of light look like. Right. And really, you know, we can lean into this all together um, as we're yeah. kind of going through our, our weird apocalypse containment period. Yeah. And what Noelle's talking about is being mindful, is using mindfulness in your um, everyday life, in your everyday space. Yeah. Yeah. And you really hit the nail on the head earlier when you suggested just jumping out of bed and doing push-ups. Yeah. Um, Caroline Miller also tells us that using your physical body and moving it hard and fast for 7 to 15 minutes a day mm. has incredible consequences for stimulating blood flow to your brain, energy. So we're talking about push-ups, planking, and, and the trick here is to get movement going in your day as early as you can. This is how I created a baby, guys. <laughs> too, yeah. Is it too early for this joke? Okay. I think it um, might be. <laughs> uh, call people you don't typically talk to. Yeah. So I was um, I was chatting with my little sister last night and she was super stressed out. And I said, you know, mm. maybe we should start um, FaceTiming with George. And George is my dog. Um, and we typically don't do that. And she lit up at the idea. And so we're going to start doing that. Um, how about you, John? Have you been FaceTiming with your friends? How are you staying connected to everybody? Yeah, I actually made a, made a promise to myself because I always send um, uh, people to voicemail. I don't do FaceTime. My friend Andy FaceTimes me and he's always half naked. I hate it. And I told myself, you know what, during these times, I'm not going to send anyone to voicemail. I'm going to FaceTime because it's safe and I'm going to engage socially. And so, yeah, I've been answering FaceTimes and it's it's actually been fun because it doesn't matter if it's a 60 second call and someone's joking or if it's a 30 minute meaningful conversation. Uh, right now, uh, the social engagement is like medicine. It's uh, it's 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 what's prescribed, you know? It, yeah, it, it is. And, and you know, you can add me to a FaceTime call when Andy is half naked. Oh, okay. I will. Perfect. <laughs> just so I'm, you know. I'm just going to let him FaceTime you so I don't have to do it. Perfect. Yeah. Just perfect. And yeah. And so, you know, thinking about, you know, we I sent out a lot of text messages when this all first went down. And now I'm like, you know what? I really need to go back through and physically call all these people. I had the opportunity to... um chat with my cousin the other day mm. and we hopped on the phone. He got married last May and I just really wanted to hear what was going on in his life and his world. And he lives out in Oregon and he was so proud. He had just planted um, uh, strawberries and asparagus on their farm. And mm. I, I, I let him talk. And that's something I've been really doing a lot more intentionally recently is savoring people's stories and letting yeah. them tell me whatever it is that's going on in their world so I can really embody presence and and get in there. And I will never forget my beautiful baby cousin telling me with such pride about his strawberries and asparagus patches. You know, it's gorgeous. 
what what a great time, especially if you're a coach or you're interested in coaching, to exercise those muscles to actually listen um, instead of you know vomit and and tell people your story. And that's that's the coaching skill that we really um, harp on in the journey coaching intensive is that that stance of embodied listening because mm-hmm. you gather so much information that you would normally be shutting out if you're thinking about the next thing that you're going to say. And it's really a benefit for you to collect as much goodness and information about the world as you can. Yeah, absolutely. What is this word called? I don't smile. I don't, I don't know what that means. Smile. You've been doing that a lot more recently. Barely, barely. Yeah. In the last five years, learning to smile has been a big thing for me. But I hear I hear it's good for you and tell us why. It it is good for you. And I find it so interesting that you have such resistance to smiling because you love laughing. Yeah, you know what it is, is so when I was a kid, I had very crooked teeth. Uh and because I was the runt and my friends were always older, uh when I was in the breakdancing crew, I had to look hard because I was such, you know, just a a run and everyone else they were 16 year olds, I was 12. Um, and so I think that started the pattern of me just always trying to look hard and it, I developed furrows and then I just never was a smiley guy. I think that the combination of, uh, trying, you know, my insecurity of, of being, being smaller and then jacked up teeth. Um, I think all of that made me, um, quote unquote pensive and non-smiley, but I'm trying to erase all that now. An internalized scowl. I get it. I get yeah. it. We can work yeah. on this. Yeah. So I, I mean, listen, it's, we're all going through it right now and we have a choice. We can be, um, as the title of your book heralds, a miserable fuck, mm-hmm. or we can accept our responsibility personally and professionally to be accountable for our own happiness and for our own mood and for the way that we show up in our households and for each other during this time. And I think that one of the big misconceptions about happiness and smiling and laughter and love is that if you're sitting there waiting for it to descend upon you, it won't. Right. And also I want to remind I want to remind you guys, you know, smiling doesn't have to be a, a shit-eating grin. You don't have to laugh out loud. Smiling can be, um, you know, a warming of your heart. It can be something that you're grateful for that generates a, a smile in your eyes. It doesn't just have to be like, you know, pure laughter. Yeah, it's the subtle nuance of life. Right. We did with one of our online gatherings a really beautiful um, internal beauty exercise where we took time just to look around um, the rooms that we were in and meditate on the objects and why they were beautiful and, and what those memories held. And then also finding a physical landscape to go to in our minds. You know, that is a meditative action that will fire up that feel good hormone set in your brain. Mm-hmm. Gratitude is tremendous for ushering in all of those wonderful chemicals. Yeah. What else? What can bring you smiles? Uh, moments usually um, uh, the, the human exchange brings me smiles. Um, I laugh at very strange things, so things online make me smile. Um, but uh, other people, other people that other people that other people don't find funny, I find funny. So um, <laughs> people that are off center make me smile. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Leaning into your weird, right? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> 
I, I, I used to feel uh, so self-conscious about being different in the world. And I've really um, started to embrace it. And I, I, we, I hope that during this time, more people will start to do that and to start to lean into their own difference and to oh, say, yeah. you know what, like I'm, I'm going to stand in it because it's what makes the world interesting for us right. all to live in. Absolutely. It took me 40 yeah. years, but, uh, you know, there's less anxiety there for sure. Oh yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to hit 40 in a couple months. Oh, wow. That's a big one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I hope this is over <laughs> by the time I hit 40. That's my wish. I, oh, I want to, I want to see my mom. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, this is a good segue kind of talking about, um, the anger that people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I really want to validate that. You know, I, I know John, you and Vanessa didn't plan on having this beautiful little baby and going into a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I had, a, we had our South by Southwest trip with all of our coaches canceled. Oh, right. Yeah. I had planned on travel after that. I had all of that canceled and, you know, just kind of looking out at the world, at our governments and our systems and saying, you know, we, we have the resources to make sure that all of the people in the world are fed and whole and have access to health and human services. And we, we don't do that. And it's systems and governments that are really dropping the ball for humanity and, and for our planet. And I feel a lot of anger at that. And yeah. I know I'm not alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, anyone who has uh, um, who's living kind of paycheck to paycheck, which actually is probably 60, 70 percent of, of, of most us, of us, most yeah. of us, um, I can't imagine them not being angry, you know, because it's completely powerless right now. It's real. It's real. Yeah. And, and on top of it, we're dealing with illness that's indiscriminate. You know, this illness will take who it chooses and we don't have control over it. There's nothing that we can do or that we could have done to be better at being humans in order to fend this off. So, you know, kind of in the face of this, what can we do? And I found something that was really helpful to me because I remembered going back to a time when you want to do something and you want to make a change and you want to do a hard thing. One of the best things that you can do is to find a role model, mm. to find models and examples of people who are doing and who are changing and who are building the world that you want to inhabit. This is where the internet can be such a valuable tool. Yes, absolutely. And Normally, because I'm such a positive psychology head, I'm all over the International Day of Happiness, which is March 20th. But last week was such a clusterfuck that I, I it slipped by. I didn't post on it. But I wanted to bring it up now because I think that the tenets of International Day of Happiness are so important. And it comes from the country of Bhutan, which is a Himalayan country the culture that's based on Buddhist principles. And those principles are peace, tolerance, and self-reflection. Can you imagine an entire country that seeks peace, tolerance, and self-reflection? Um, if that were the U.S., things would be very different here. And this kingdom 
recognizes the value of national happiness over national income. And the way that this plays out in terms of um, gross national happiness, it's, it's actually an economic index that's not based on material wealth, but it's a holistic approach that focuses on the spiritual well-being of the citizens along with their material well-being. So I wanted to hold this up as a model of a place that really does exist on this earth. And it's something that we can all choose to strive for individually as our own pillars and values. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, yeah. I was going to say that with, with everything that's going on and whenever something like this happens and people start looking inward, it's actually a great time to create new definitions, you know, so maybe yeah. this is a, a good model for that. This is a great model. So the the pillars are um, sustainable and equitable economic development, uh, environmental conservation, mm -hmm. and then this is one that I really love: the preservation and promotion of culture mm. and good governance for all. And in in looking at the world in this way, what we're promoting is psychological well being, health, taking a look at the way we use our time championing education and cultural diversity, community vitality, and ecological diversity and resilience. And so this is the world that I want to inhabit. And I can do it outside of a government. I can do it outside of a system. I can choose with my time and my resources to look out at my community, my family, my friends, our company, and say that I'm going to commit to sustainable and equitable economic development, to environmental conservation, to culture, to time use, to education, and to promote living standards for everyone that I come into contact with. Yeah. And, and I got to say, as a therapist uh, and a relationship coach, um, if you put action behind these things, you're actually building self-value, self-esteem, self-worth. You're going to believe that you matter and that you're valuable a lot more because these are things that are, you know, not something that you buy or wear, but they're things that make you who you are. And we are all so interconnected and we have the capacity to do this for and with each other. And yeah. you will transform. You will transform in the doing. Yeah. Guys, I want to end with um, a quote that really hit me this morning hard, and it was by Leonardo DiCaprio, and I don't quote, quote him often, but it's this is a really good one. Um, let me see if I can remember. He said that uh, the every next level, oh, oh, every next level of your journey uh, is going to demand a different part of you. And yes. It hit me because I was thinking, you know, obviously being a brand new father, that's that's a next level of my journey. But also what's happening in the world, you know, all this being new, this is a next level uh, for everyone because it's never happened before. So it's going to require, it's going to demand a different part of you. And I think it's really interesting because uh, what part of you are you going to um, grow and let out? And, and what part of you is this going to um, pulling you that's actually going to be a strength and that's going to um, reposition you possibly and make you uh, evolve and grow and be stronger as, as, as we push out through this, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. What John said. <laughs> Guys, take care of yourself. Um, be well, and uh, we will see you soon. 
See you next time. Take care. Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noelle's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community, strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.